This podcast is sponsored by RSA Rock and Metal Fans Facebook page. Mark, welcome to Talk to Trev. Uh, you know, I keep saying this. It's like podcast, chatcast. Is it a pod? What is it? You know, but anyway, it is what it is. Welcome to, to Talk to Trev. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on this chatcast. Yeah, chatcast. Google got their name already, the bastards. Alrighty. Sneaky buggers as they would. Yeah, damn it. Exactly. Now, listen, Mark, I, I have to be honest with you. I, I don't know all that much about uh, the Pajama Planet, uh, Mark Allnuts. I don't know much at all other than what I've been given from, from Devo. And hmm. the first time I ever saw you live was the Winterfest, the Metal for Africa, the Pat and the Girls and the Boys put on. And, and that, oh, was, that was out there, dude. I was like, well, that's whoa. A, that's, that's a, I think that's a great place to start because that, that pretty much sums up uh, me and my audiovisual um, sort of world to a T, I think. I'm a, I consider myself a, a storyteller and consider myself a musician. And I, I was a filmmaker for 10 years in the film and TV industry. So I've sort of brought all of these weird aspects of my life together and I got to put them all into this wonderful 20 minute presentation and presented it live on air for Metal for Africa. I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. It was, you did add in visual elements, obviously, because it was a visual thing and you were playing guitar and you had other um, guests on playing guitar and drums and bass and, and whatnot else. What yeah. started this whole journey of, of wanting to be a guitarist? Or you weren't just a guitarist though, you played violin, piano, and and so on and saxophone even at one point yes i did um i was a, an absolute crooner i think my best experience was um walking on stage during a school play with my my hat tipped down over <laughs> my eye i got to i got to swing a gorgeous sax solo for a, like a film noir theater performance in front of all these metric girls and, and boys the same age as me it was it was amazing uh, definitely one of the the highlights of of, of school music but you know guitar came to me very late that was the last instrument i i picked up and i think i picked that up probably about the age of i guess um 15 was when i properly picked it up my dad had always had a variety of acoustic guitars and 12 string guitars in the house and had um you know always gone chunka 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 with his blues licks and telling his old yeah. town road tales and you know fire yeah. firesides sort of songs so um music was always in the family always in the always in my life somehow but it wasn't until a a friend of mine visited me once and picked up my dad's guitar and he i think he played a papa roach riff and i was like holy shit dang i didn't know that. <laughs> you know, all i knew was you know four bar four bar blues for, you know from watching my dad play and stuff so um not that there's anything wrong with that but it was it was very very eye-opening um but i think of all the instruments i've played i think about four or five of them guitar is definitely the one that that grabbed me the most as as it does a lot of people uh you were you were ripping it on the metal for africa the winter fest uh it's uh, how many years have you been playing guitar now because you look like you were just fucking nailing it down big time um yeah so i think now i'm i'm almost 35 so it would be a 20-year period in which i've been playing wow. and uh would sort of i remember the first five years as sort of messing around i was i was at school and um i had other instruments that were my official subject instruments for school so guitar really was a weekend sort of guilty pleasure um you know in the evenings in the week i was practicing piano and saxophone ready getting ready for my exams and all that kind of stuff so guitar was always there to release a bit of um bit of pent-up frustration from the week of having to play all these damn scales all the time 
So then I could, you know, bring out my dad's acoustic and I would learn Blink-182 songs and some 41 songs and all these, these, these sort of pop punk, rocky sort of pop metal bands that I listened to back in the day. And uh, I think it, in, in, when I was in university, then I started playing a bit more and I actually started focusing on it because I wasn't playing these other instruments. And there I started getting a bit better at the, at the instrument. I played in a, a, a punk band, which was a wonderfully terrible musical outfit, which I, I enjoyed so much. And we had a great, great fun. It wasn't until I found heavy metal, though, that I, that I actually started becoming what I would consider a, a, you know, a guitarist. Right. But I, I was never a lead guitarist, like never a, a shredder. You know, I always, I always battled with all my instruments to do improv and to play incredible solos, whether it's the piano or saxophone or whatever it was. So I focused on rhythm and um, song structure and, and building interesting sounding concepts and songs and, and the sort of dexterity with, your, with my fingers sort of came at a later stage to a point where I can, I can play a guitar solo, it's not a problem, but I'll never do it out of, out of, out of choice. It's always because, <laughs> damn it, nobody else can play a solo here. <laughs> but I love guitar, man. There's nothing, there's nothing better than, than thrashing out a few heavy palm muted riffs, you know? Yeah, Why yeah. not? Uh, Max Chops. That that's a, I, I did listen to it this this uh, morning. That's a great oh, cool. album. Thanks, man. Also coming up on I think four years old already. Yeah, twenty sixteen. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was the first album I did as Pajama Planet, and Pajama Planet was the, my solo musical outfit post any other bands that I was playing in, in in South Africa. So this was where I decided, you know, I can now start writing orchestra and synthesizer and doing a whole lot of extra sound design and elements into the music that I wasn't given the opportunity to do in my other bands. And that's, that's what Pajama Planet was. It was me taking all the music I'd learned over the years at school, which was jazz and orchestra and combining it with my love of, of heavy metal, which I also found very late. And, why, uh, why the name Pajama Planet? I mean, why not? But I mean, you know, why? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. It's, and everybody does ask it. So I, um, I should be able to answer it. D to be honest, it's already been found in my brain. And that's why it exists. <laughs> hey, that, that, well, that explains, that explains a lot. I mean, okay, your, your surname is All Nut. Yes. Okay. Are you all nuts? Are you mad? Are you like a mad no. scientist, a music mad mu musician or something? I, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think I'm relatively eccentric as with a lot of creatives um, okay that's a better word yeah 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 <laughs> eccentric and 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 out the box i guess would be a different a different one uh, pajama planet was always a a feeling that i got when i listened back to the own music my own music that i was writing it was never a, a concept to begin with it was I, I sort of i got the feeling of vivid colors space a, a planet hurtling through a galaxy with no sun anymore because the sun had exploded so all the planets were filled with a luminous phosphorescence. Um, so I saw this planet with crazy weird creatures all glowing luminous colors. And I saw um, almost like human type aliens that were wearing sort of because there's no sun, it's you know, perpetually nighttime, uh, but all the trees glow with a beautiful, beautiful colors. So these people are always in sort of nightwear, but they're made out of animal hide and um, sort of natural, natural fibers from the, from the planet and the forest. So that's, I guess, where the, wow. the concept came from. And just sort okay. of, it sort of steamrolled from there. Then I, you know, I, I explained this to a designer who did my artwork and then I had logos done and sort of really just exploded. So now it's become this giant world with 
uh, multiple characters and new albums coming out soon, telling different stories about the world. Yeah, super. Would you super say awesome. you're you're a metalhead with the the most perfect manicured hair on earth? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> because because um, <laughs> I only say that because in Winterfest you had this this like mop of hair that was like perfectly coiffed. <laughs> if I can, you know, if I can say that. Um, you know, I get this question a lot since, I, really? since I've grown up. Really? Okay, my... I thought I was going to be out of the box with that question. Okay. And it's always, it is a lot of the, a lot of the women who ask me, what is, Mark, what is your secret? Oh, that doesn't Mark. bode well for me. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. I always shout back. It's like, it's just, there's nothing wrong with just washing your hair and using a damn hair. <laughs> All the metal heads I, that I used to hang out with, Jesus, their hair looked terrible. No, man, I just wash my hair every second day and I use a hairbrush every day. And, you know, my hair, I think it's just naturally straight. So lucky me. But also, I'm very lucky. All most males in my family are bald, so wow. I don't know. I must have been a postman's son or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what, what actually went into the the metal for Africa Winterfest? Because it looked like a um, you know the story of of um, I'm trying to think of the name of the character, and and they would like uh, I was magenta. I was telling a, a story of magenta, magenta in that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there was yeah. all these like musical interludes in between each little story. Yeah, so, I mean, and, it was brilliant. And, oh, thanks, man. I mean, it was the first was, one that I saw of the Winterfest. And I was like, damn it, this is actually, it's so out there, but it's just really different. Well, that was the idea, to be honest. You know, I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of um, sticking to the norm, I guess. And this is, this is no dig at any bands or musicians, and especially the, my, my peers who I shared the virtual stage with that sure. night. Um, but I didn't see, I didn't see that, I didn't see a, an example in my head where I could present my music being a solo artist um, without my regular live band here with me in, in wilderness where I live in the garden route. So I sort of had to create a, a new environment where it was okay to see me sitting in a, in a little studio by myself and physically superimpose all my musician friends around the shot with me. You know, that, that made a lot more sense, but I took it one step further and sort of made it into more of a storytelling event because that's what Pajama Planet is it's it's more of a story and a, nowadays it's a story and a concept and a feeling the music's just part of it so i got to work in the, the forest nearby near my house um started filming the forest in in the evening to get like some beautiful light and then i would physically cut you know color grade that footage so that it looked like pajama planet where all the trees and plants were blue right. and purple um, so it was a, it was a combination of, of building these physical assets like footage, um, combining all the various pieces of art I have and actually doing some basic animations with them, getting the music together and then rehearsing that as a piece. And that took some time, you know, so this, that show probably took me a month of preparation for, wow. for that show. Um, but I didn't, I didn't regret any moment. I mean, it was the most fun I've ever had preparing for uh, any sort of performance or any sort of art piece for that matter. But why would, why would I, why would I give up an opportunity like that, you know, to go mm. online and to have me recorded in perpetuity forever on mm. essentially on um, now on Twitch. I think it's, it's still there okay. know, performing, doing my stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. that's what I'm here for. So yeah, oh, that's to put yourself out there. And, and, it, and it was different. It was very different because you're not just, a music artist you're a producer you do film scores solo artist you know how, how the hell did you get into to film scores so scoring in general was was something i wanted to get into when i realized film wasn't going to be for me anymore I just it wasn't having fun with various clients and 
is something you know I loved holding cameras and I was fairly good at it so it was a, it seemed like a good idea at the time um but you know as was everyone as you, know, you got to follow your passion I guess and I I am passionate about picture and film and, and movies but I think I'm more passionate about making music than I am about making movies so that was it just seemed like the right idea and it took about three to four years to transfer from a film to a music career where I at one point I was doing sort of both jobs at the same time and the scoring thing just just came about because I pitched myself to a local animation company who were using library music for all of their corporate videos and their animations their short animations and whatnot okay um, and I said you know guys that's cool and you're definitely saving a lot of money but you know, this is what I can do for you. And I played them some examples of music that I had written to picture before. So I'd maybe played them a, another animation or a short film that I'd done a, a score to, or even just something from like an online class, of, a music class that I'd done where, right. you know, one of the Moza projects. And and this sort of definitely jogged their, their, um, their fascination. And, you know, three years later, I was still working for them. And by that point, I sort of started with video game soundtracks. I was just going to ask and, you because you also did um, video games um, soundtracks. I mean that I used to work in the in the gaming industry for for about a year and a half. But yeah, I, rem I remember contacting musicians and and producers and and songwriters to to get soundtrack for the game. And it's it's not exactly easy because you have to come up with something that's original to the game. It's not just original out of your head. It's got to be aligned mm -hmm. with the game as well. Yeah. I think that's the, the misconception with being a musician and then a, I guess, would be a, a composer or a composer for picture or a composer for a specific media. There's a very big difference between writing music and writing music for a specific purpose that mm. has to fit another art form completely. Mm. You know, there's a, it's a very different um, ball game. You have to be able to write music in the first place. Yeah. So if you can do you're already like, you know, going in the right direction. But, you know, it, it, you know I couldn't do it very easily to begin with. And it, it took a long time to get to work out, not what, not what am I feeling? Let me write that. It's like, what, what is this piece of art telling me to feel? Mm. And therefore, I now have to write that. That must be frustrating because I'm sure there must be times when you hit a brick wall. It's, it's, not the, it's not the brick wall that becomes the problem. It's when you write a piece that you really become attached to and then it mm. gets rejected. Mm. That's more the issue, and that, that and that's where the the element of you as a musician comes into play, because all musicians are precious over their over their creations. Mm. All artists are for very good reason, because it comes from a subjective, very personal space. But I've had to try to learn to you know, sort of remove myself from that. And now, when somebody comes back and says, "You know, Mark, it's a good piece of music, but it doesn't work for the game at all," so it's kind of shit, and I just laugh because <laughs> you know they're. They've been as, as blunt as possible and they have to. And I'm like, cool, that doesn't matter. I'm going to save that. I put it aside. It's in a folder for something I can work on one day later. No yeah. problem. Yeah. You know, this, it's, not, it's not like I'm going to run out of music to write. Mm. Music is, is easy to write if you're sitting down and in the right headspace. I mean, it just you know, it goes to show there are musicians who have been writing music for their whole life, whether it's now like 60, 70, 80 years. You don't run out. You just run out of almost like momentum and drive you never run out of the ideas it's the motivation to create those ideas so what, what are your influences and your inspirations and your motivation then to keep doing what you're doing i guess you know not dying of hunger 
<laughs> oh, I've got electricity to pay this month. Yeah, that'll be a good idea. Wait, let me come up with a song. Yeah. Number one. Number two is, a, again, it ties into the sort of world of a musician and that, that absolute burning desire for recognition. Right. And what better than to, you know, if you release a piece of music and you put it on the streaming platforms and you put it on YouTube and you make a music video, what, what, what? You get X amount of likes and comments and views, and then you sort of, you find yourself every week checking up how many people have watched, how mm. many people have watched, you know? But that's, it's almost like a, it's kind of a shallow form of recognition if you feel mm. about it, because you're not actually physically receiving anything. It's just somebody gently prodding you and saying, well done, well done, well a done. A little pat on the back, you know, yeah. Somebody comes to you and says, I like what you do. Here is a sum of money for you to do what you enjoy. <laughs> the ideal. Yes, that, that'd be great. Thank you. Recognition. And then it's, you're guaranteed that it's most probably going to be in a format that's going to be listened to or uh, digested um, you know, for, for years to come. Because it's going to be something like in a movie or on TV or in a game. It's not just like lost on Spotify because mm. everything's lost on Spotify. Everything. You know, there's, yeah. there's so I guess, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the question was. I sort of went on a ramble. No, the influences, inspirations and motivations to keep doing what you're doing. I guess those are the, I guess those would be a demo, demotivate, some demotivating factors. But factors, I find yeah. inspiration from, I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, I always come back to a feeling. When I, whenever I made my, when I made my first short film with a friend in, we were in matric, it gave me such a sense of excitement in my chest. And I don't know what it was. It was this feeling that I was unable to recreate until I discovered heavy metal and I wrote my, started writing my own heavy metal. Suddenly I started, re, I started feeling this, this ball of excitement in my chest again, that what I was doing was, was the right thing for me. So, you know, to me, it's very much about a feeling. If, if, I, if, if somebody comes to me with a project and I'm absolutely broke and I need the cash, but it's a shitty project, I will take the project on, but I'm not going to be very happy about it. Mm. You know, it, because I feel like I have to do it. But what, what, what you yearn for is those, those things that grab you, you know, somebody's like, for, like at the moment, for example, I'm doing a soundtrack to a top-down exploration shooter game in the style of Grand Theft Auto 2, sort of like back Ooh. in the 90s. Okay. But cyberpunk, cyber goth type of world. Um, so I have to write industrial cyber cyberpunk synthwave music with um, explosive percussion and elements of like horror. Mm. And I was like, okay. I was, yeah, I was like, yes. And you want to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> of course I'm going to do that. So, you know, so that's, so that's, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, that's as, perfect. As well as the, I was just about to ask well, you what, what new stuff um, have you got coming up, but that's brilliant. That's awesome. That, that just makes, as soon as you said that I was going, Gary Newman, my name is Ruin. Uh, that's like, oh, futuristic. Totally. You know, to, and landscape. I, beautiful. Be, yeah, absolutely. Very dystopian. Yes. You know, yes. Broken down, almost, almost apocalyptic sort of. So, I mean, how do you world. see your, your, the, the music, your musical landscape, your future? If you, if you had to look, if you could see it, how do you see it being? Do you see it being split between gigs, shows, or is it going to be like this kind of studio-based, producer-driven? I, I guess what I, would, what I would love is to be known as somebody who is able to take somebody's basic ideas of, of 
the album or the EP or the singles and to take that and to turn it into the masterpiece that they're wanting, whether it's actually finishing the songwriting and doing the mixing and the production and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I, that's what I really enjoy. Of all the jobs that I've done with musicians, those are the ones that have been the best. You know, if a band comes to me and says, yeah, my demos, we're going to come and record and then you mix it. I'm like, ah, you know, it's going to take us like two weeks to record this damn thing. You know, and it feels like such a waste of time nowadays where everybody can actually just do that at home. Mm. If you think about it, if you have, especially like guitarists and bassists, there, there's a lot of equipment nowadays where people can do that at home. I don't, I don't mind like going to a studio and recording a drummer for a couple of days or having a vocalist in. But the, the putting together of a musical project is to me more the exciting part. Um, and that's, that's sort of like, you know, taking the formation of idea and building it into this wonderfully um, pimply adolescent teenager, yeah, and uh, and tr giving them the giving them the care they they need. But I think I think my future, I would like to see my future as a combination of helping produce pe people produce their music, as well as continuing to produce my own music, uh, heavy metal uh, music for Pajama Planet, mixed with orchestra and synthesizer, as I do, and the way I would see that culminating would be sort of not playing many shows. I'm, I'm not such, I'm not such a fan of playing live. If I must be honest, I sort of did it early, early days with other bands when I had to, and you wanted to like go and play as many gigs as possible. And yeah, I see myself in a couple of years, you know, with a, a large enough repertoire and enough albums and enough clout to say when I'm in my mid forties to go and rent out the whole, you know, sort of a grand West casino and, or, some big theater and have a 30 piece orchestra behind me and all of the people I've had to collaborate on the albums and put together this Mark Pajama and Friends Pajama Planet, you know, catastrophic audiovisual um, two to three hour performance with that would be massive, so rad with projectors and animations. Mm. And it's a thing of like a like a like a Metallica S&M, but with mm. audiovisual and but better. That sort of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love making audio plugins and sounds and developing my own digital instruments. It's something I hopped onto about a year ago when I realized, screw buying everybody else's digital instruments to write music with. I'm just going to create my own. So I found a program in which I can do that. And I started sampling electrical transformers, steel plates, uh, buckets in um, Rondal. Hang on a second. Now. Is, is this just for, for if people want to add something to their own music, you can... Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Is this the stuff that you see like advertised on Facebook that pops up, you know, drum kits and urban kits and, and all these yeah. different sound things? Okay. So I created a, a third sort of facet to the Pajama Planet world called Pajama Planet Samples. And this is where I produce my own sample packs of instruments. And these are ones that I've been making over the last couple of years that I've been using myself and I enjoyed them so much. I thought, well, some of them are really good. I might as well put them up for free. Some of them, some of them, which took a long time to actually make, I'm going to actually try and sell those. And so far, I think I've had 4,000 instruments downloaded wow. on my website. And that's in the last two months. I only launched all of these products maybe two, three months ago. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh. It's gone incredibly well. And uh, just actually now while we're talking, I just got two orders. <laughs> wow. Of, uh, that is amazing, man. These are just like the free instruments that I make. So I will make, for example, like actually I just see here. Yeah. Somebody. Oh, there's another one that just came in. So somebody from France, somebody from Thailand and somebody from Mumbai. Wow. And the other one. And other ones from Belgium. You're all downloading my... Hey, it's my hometown, Belgium, my own country. Yay, awesome.
but my mother's side is all from Belgium and we love our beer. So that explains a lot. They got the best taste in beer. You can have the, you don't have to have the same beer. You can have a different beer every day of, of the year and you won't have the of same the year. beer twice. Yeah. It's like how many weeks will that last you? Sure. 365 Damn, days. You won't have to have the same beer twice. It's like just, oh, you know, when you try and do the, the, and I, I went down this route once to try and figure out where the hell we're from and who was what my father, my grandfather was a stonemason and his, wow. his father came from UK, from uh, the South, Southwest, Southeast, Southeast, West Coast, Southwest Coast in Cornwall. We've got a name, a street named after us, Opie Street. So it's okay. like, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's just quite a, quite a thing. Would you dig, dig to do that? Like do that whole ancestry thing, find out where you're yeah, from, what your DNA is and everything. Absolutely. I've been, my, my father and I chat about it a lot and we've, we've gotten, we've gone as far as we've, we've found a whole lot of old photographs from the early 1800s of our, of our family, but there's no, there's no inscriptions or names on them, but it's all portraits of like probably 40 to 50 portraits of, wow. of all these sort of very, very British looking white people. Okay. Um, like I would say almost two, I don't know, 100, no, 150, but maybe about 120, 150 years ago. I don't know if photography was around in the mid 1800s, to be honest. Anyway, but we, I'm, I'm always fascinated, and because what what upsets me is that I have no clue who like my great grandparents are, and what that means is that my great grandchildren will probably have no clue who I am. <laughs> the- well, you've got a digital footprint now, so that's it. There's no escaping it. That's it. Internet, sure. But, you know, I imagine how much, how much sort of family knowledge and family stories have been lost. And, and you know, we, we could have had stories passed down for millennia, but we don't. And mm-hmm. we could have had records from millennia ago, but nobody has the foresight for some reason. And, but I think it's like now because our sort of generation sees the value of archiving and, and maybe yeah. holding on to a few things that now it's like, you know, I think imagine a couple hundred years time, people are going to think that the world only started in like in 1990, because that's when the internet like came about. Well, the real question um, is, is the world flat? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a question. <laughs> No, 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 I'm just provoking. I'm provoking for an answer, but anyway, shit, yeah. That, that's an open-ended debate that'll just go on with the, the absolute yeah. nutters forevermore. So, yeah. how, how did you? How did you? Uh, well, not how did you? How are you surviving the COVID? With I guess you're not really affected by it because of your producing and and so on. I'm I'm sort of very very lucky out here. My work's been a bit min this year, and I had some unfortunate health issues which put me out of commissions, but which also happened during the pan pandemic so i sort of you know slept through a lot of the pandemic anyway so didn't okay. notice it but my my wife luckily has held on to a lot of her contracting work and um we very fortunate in that we live on a small holding so we we by the nature of us just being in our house and on our property we are very um socially distanced yeah so i haven't really been affected by that too much um you know keep safe when going to the shop sort of thing. There's still some complete idiots <laughs> that you see. Um, Listen, you know, I, I, I live in Langebaan on the West Coast, man. I can tell you, it's like as if it, you know, there was never any pandemic. It wasn't even happened, yeah, essentially. I mean, no, yeah, where I am is very much a, very much a COVID hoax, 5G, anti-vaxxer sort of. <laughs> that sort of it is. <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely, you know, and... Um, 
you know, I'm sick because I have Wi-Fi in my house, apparently. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, oh, do you want me to pay your invoice? How am I going <laughs> to do that without Wi-Fi? Um, anyway, so yeah, we've survived the lockdown and um, I've kept myself busy with what, when I got over my health issues, I started releasing all of these digital instruments and plugins, which, which are all available if even you want to check out, by the way, it's all available on pajamaplanner.com, which is my, which is sort of my hub for everything. That's where I have information about me and my solo career and the pajama plan studios and the, the artists I record okay, cool. and the music. Well, I well, everything will be in the description below all the links and people can click oh, on cool. and um, go to all your socials and all your websites and everything like that. So that's, that's not a problem. And we're going to start rounding up the conversation now. And um, last thing I want to touch on is what gear do you play on? Ah, that's a good question. I'm not such of a gearhead in that. It's not that I don't love gear, but I don't understand the, the, the sort of intricacies of, of gear too much. Um, I'm always more about the, the actually like picking up a guitar and writing music than, than trying to understand how the bridge, um, well, how the pickups work, for example. But, <laughs> okay. Right. What guitar do you, what, what, what make of guitars do you have? So I'm writing sort of thrashy, fast metal on a six string or a down tuned six string. I have a, I have two court um, guitars, which are, which look like metal guitars. I mean, they've got uh, mother of pearl uh, pentagrams and upside down crosses on them. And that is, you know, black fretboard, black, guitar, beautiful instruments, nice. which I bought very long time ago, sort of, you know, 15, 15 years ago when I'm doing sort of bigger, heavier, more genty type metal. Then I have a, a seven string Ibanez, which I, an Ibanez, Ibanez, whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> they, they, that is a debate and a half, isn't it? Is it Ibanez or Ibanez? I've got a friend in New Zealand who has an Ibanez, but, Ibanez, and he says it's an Ibanez. Ibanez. <laughs> Ibanez, yeah, there you go. You just coined a new term. It's not an Ibanez, it's not an Ibanez, it's an Ibanez. Ibanez. You know, the first three guitars I had, acoustic and electric, were all court guitars because that was the the brand that the, the Paul Bothner music shop down the road sold. And I just love these guitars. Um, mm. got some some heavy fat active pickups in these things so they scream but yeah i'm a i, I use digital plugins nowadays for guitars sometimes i use a i've got a laney laney amp here that i use or a fender amp but mostly i'm a digital guy nowadays plug the t guitar in load up my orchestral patches write some sick licks and riffs mix master done there you go that's Boom. the pajama album <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mark, it's it's awesome to chat to you, and I really do appreciate you taking the time out uh, during the day to to have a chat and um, to give me the lowdown. And yeah, and it's my pleasure, man. It's it's um, it it's an unusual concept, Pajama Planet. It is. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's epic. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's very, 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 very nice. But I wish you well. I wish you well for um, whatever new stuff, the the, ga the game stuff that you're doing and the, produ the production and producing and the film scoring. And good God, man, just take a breath. <laughs> There's no time. <laughs> <laughs> Farm ain't going to pay for itself. So All right. Okay. No, fair enough. That's right. That's the way it works. Eh? <laughs>